We thought we were done. We thought we were finished. We thought we would never talk about a movie minute by minute again. But we were wrong. Join us as we get to know the cast next door. Hello and welcome to the cast next door where we love your mother's cookies. I'm your host, Josh, and joining me again today are Eric. Hi there. And Jordan. Hey. So what we do here is we watch The Boy Next Door, the cinematic masterpiece starring Jennifer Lopez, and then we break it down minute by minute. Today we'll be discussing minute 11, which runs from 10.01 to 11 on the time code. So feel free to follow along. Previously, uh, Noah fixed the garage door, which is amazing. And so we open on J-Lo kind of lounging in her reading glasses, reading a book. And as I brought up earlier, I kind of wonder what it is she's reading. You know, is she, you know, she's a classics professor as they've made, or classics teacher rather in high school that they've made perfectly clear uh, throughout the beginning of this movie. But, you know, is she reading a classic or... Is it because this is her, you know, personal downtime? Is she reading something a little more trashy, you know, a Danielle Steele or a, what did you say, V.C. Andrews, you know? Yeah, like, and Eric said, what, Fifty Shades of Grey? <laughs> E.L. James, Fifty Shades of Grey, Fifty Shades Darker. She's reading an advanced copy of the uh, of the the new one that just came out the from his point of view. Um, oh, my God. They did that. Yes, they did. It's pretty awful. Good God. <laughs> but yeah, so she's she's reading and uh, she's in her sort of flash dance nightgown. I feel like it would be a miss if we didn't talk about this nightgown. I mean, yeah, it's like sort of hanging off of one shoulder. And then she puts her book down, takes her glasses off, stands up and goes to the window and it's cut pretty high. Yeah. It's it's very hard not to look at J-Lo's thigh in this scene. Well, it is it is pretty much center frame. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of are forgiven, I think, for uh, for looking a little bit. And I, I kind of find it funny because there's a running gag between my friends about how uh, I tend to come across as like an asexual panda. <laughs> and even I was like forced to look at this, even though I was mostly trying just trying to figure out what exactly she was wearing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> On the day, they must have went to wardrobe and just been like, find me. Uh, <laughs> it only drapes on one shoulder. <laughs> it reveals almost the entire thigh. So she goes to the window and proceeds to look across the street. And uh, I guess maybe the, the film is kind of trying to play with the audience's expectations, thinking that maybe she's going to see the hunky Noah, you know, half undressing or whatever, um, which spoiler alert does come a little bit later later in the movie, but our expectations are subverted when she looks in and sees him tucking his uncle into bed. Uh, the most benevolent thing that anyone could be seen doing ever. <laughs> Taking care of the elderly. Yeah, and and he uh, again is played by uh, Jack Wallace, who I know as the police chief from seasons two and three of Eagle Heart. Or me and Jordan know as, oh wait, is that guy Stanley? No, he's not. <laughs> 
as we discussed earlier, if Stan Lee ever gets tired of doing his cameos in the Marvel movies, this guy <laughs> could easily step in and take over. He's a dead ringer. So, yeah, we we pretty much see her watching him tuck this guy in and actually give him a kiss on the forehead, which is very sweet. And I think as we talked about in the last minute, you kind of know where this movie's going to go. You know, you already had in our in our first minute together, you have the ominous music and him sort of looking on from the shadows. Then you have the kind of connection of them in the in the minute after where he's telling her to trust him and he seems, you know, too good to be true kind of thing. And now we've got even more of, you know, this thing where he's kissing his uncle on the head and, and tucking him in and making sure he's comfortable. And it seemed like they were trying to double back and go, oh, wait, he might not be a weird guy. He might actually be really nice. And she has a perfect view through this window. She is able to see everything that she needs to see in this room. And actually, uh, she also was able to see that Tory gate, which uh, caught my eye to, uh, for some odd reason. There's this, like, one of those silhouette things that you put in the garden, but it's of, like, a Tori Shinto gate that's just leaning <laughs> against the wall. And it's in the next scene, too. Oh, wow. Uh, I didn't even the, notice. Yeah, I know. And it's just, like, that is the weirdest thing for to notice. Like, th- this happens to me a lot. I, there's just this weird thing and, like... I see it! I see it! You're right! <laughs> <laughs> yeah! I don't think it shows up again, and at least uh, as far as I've seen, since, uh, since the next minute. Oh, I see it now! Okay, yeah. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I do see that. That's very... Very strange. Yeah, and it's just it just is leaning against the wall. I guess they were going to put it on the garden and forgot to. <laughs> it's a, it's a is it like a reminder of of Jack Wallace's character's time in World War Two? Oh, very possible. He, uh, he brought it back as like a souvenir to keep in his house. And well, my grandfather brought back a, a Japanese flag. Actually, well, there you go. So yeah, she pretty much just kind of watches him through the window. It has a sort of satisfied smirk on her face, like, oh, he's a good guy. And I'm glad that I told him earlier about my son peeing his pants. I wish I could fuck him. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad that he's our neighbor. They definitely are setting up the next minute, which there's some more peering from a window, mm-hmm. uh, which we'll talk about. Uh, we'll talk about soon. Oh, wow. The Shinto gate gets very illuminated as the very next scene starts. You see it very clearly while they're working on the car. So we will definitely discuss that uh, on the next minute. But anything that you guys wanted to uh, discuss in depth throughout this minute that you noticed besides the <laughs> really interesting gate there? Other than like that overshirt or nightgown or whatever, like. I'm pretty sure in a later scene, she's wearing it as uh, like just a normal shirt over like a blouse and dress thing. So I don't know. Maybe they just wanted to make it seem like, oh, she just was turning down for the night. So she just threw off the, the uncomfortable clothes and left that on. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. I just started the minute over to uh, try to catch anything. And at the very beginning, um, while she's reading, she I'm not really sure how to describe what it is that she's doing, but she finishes a, a passage and then sort of puts her hand to her face and sort of kind of leans back as if she's got the vapors or something. <laughs> she's so tired. She's so tired. Takes off her reading glasses, rubs her eyes. Ah, oh, it's been a long day being J-Lo. Yeah, she's so exhausted. Maybe this isn't relaxing. Maybe she has to read it for for some uh, student work plan. And she's like, oh, this is so terrible. Why do I have to read this again? <laughs> yeah, that's the only thing I can think of is that maybe she's just like, Ugh, I have to teach this again this year. <laughs> yeah, after you've gone over the classics so many times, they kind of 
to lose their luster. I think in this moment, too, uh, you could you could look at it as when we see him tucking uh, his uncle in, you could sort of look at it as, oh, this is a very sort of sweet moment. But then in my sort of weird, cynical mind that has seen a lot of these types of movies, I'm thinking like, oh, is his uncle dead? And he's just doing this as kind of a show for her because he knows that she's watching like he's he's making pretend. But uh, but I think his uncle does move at some point. So he's obviously not dead, but it is one of those things that like could be suspicious. Does does he move or is he getting a transplant or something like he's going into the hospital for something, right? He does leave the movie for a little while while he goes to the hospital. But I'm saying when he's tucking him in, it looks like his uncle's moving around. But maybe he's got a, an elaborate system of <laughs> of wires yeah, so he can move him like a puppet that he's marionetting his uncle around <laughs> as he puts him into bed. Somehow it becomes Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> yeah. That would have been a much better outcome as if she stumbles later on onto the uncle and he's just this marionetted <laughs> puppet that he's using to talk to her and get her to calm down and relax her suspicions. So you could easily have earlier in the movie they say that a famous puppeteer has moved into town and <laughs> that <laughs> Noah is, is this very same puppeteer but she doesn't make the connection. We've essentially rewritten this movie so that Noah is a is a puppeteer and I think that would actually make everything way better. Like you could have the sort of allusions to the fact that he is maneuvering everyone the way that he wants them to be and he's controlling their movements and their actions. And you could have, you could have a scene where J-Lo is knocked out and then she wakes up and there are strings on her like she's been moved <laughs> around. Oh God, it sounds like a Jinji Ito manga that I once read. This family was like, oh, we're so rich and we're so tired of moving around. We pay these puppeteers to move us around. And- ah, ah. <laughs> I'm frightened already. I imagine that doesn't work out well. No. <laughs> I think I think most movies, TV shows, manga, books, it usually doesn't work out well. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we have set up the conceit of her looking through the window to see certain things across the way, which will definitely play out uh, quite a bit throughout the rest of the film. So these really these early minutes that we've been talking about are really setting up things that pay off a little bit later in the movie, which is what a good film should do not to say that this is a good film but it does have sort of the the basics down and it knows what it needs to do to uh, set up and then pay off a little bit later much like Jennifer Lopez Rob Cohen has watched the classics and he knows how to set up a movie <laughs> exactly he, he I, I would say about him you know that he's very much sort of a a uh, maybe a journeyman director because I don't I, I don't really get a a sense of a particular style from mm, him. Mm. Uh, you know, you could watch m- multiple films of his and not really get anything uh, specific that's like, oh, that's a Rob Cohen touchstone. Like <laughs> this is something that's always in his films, or it's uh, you know, it's it's very unlike you know Michael Bay or you know Quentin Tarantino or or someone that you can immediately identify. Like, oh, this is this kind of movie. This is this kind of movie. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I, I think we've kind of exhausted uh, this minute. Unless there's anything specific that you guys want to discuss before we wrap it up. Nope, that's about it. I think we got everything. Yeah, yeah. Well, the next minute is very exciting, so I encourage everyone to come back for minute 12. I've been your host today, Josh. Would you guys, Eric and Jordan, like to plug anything? Uh, yeah, uh, real I'd quick. Like you... plug... Oh, nice. Oh, you go, go ahead. first. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, go ahead. Okay. So you can follow me on Twitter at 
at capital E underscore capital H Hars one one three eight. And I'd like to actually plug this podcast. Woo! Where I was. <laughs> Uh, like the last previous two episodes and definitely the next one. <gasps> oh, spoilers. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Thanks for joining me this time around, guys. And I will definitely see you for the next minute where things get pretty uh, sweaty. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Some serious car repair. Thanks again for listening to the cast next door where we love your mother's cookies. And we will see you next time. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to A Talking Cast presents The Cast Next Door. I was your host, Josh Hollis, with my guests Eric Harzer and Jordan Sam. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at First Ed Iliad, or download new episodes from thecastnextdoor.wordpress.com. You can also subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher. Artwork by Josh Hollis. Edited by Josh Hollis. Produced by Darren Husted. Executive producer, Josh Hollis. The Boy Next Door is owned by Blumhouse, Smart Entertainment, New Yurican, and Universal Studios. No infringement is intended. Copyright 2015. All rights reserved. This is a first edition?